This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. An old face is defeated, but it's an old home, which means that Mansfield Town have only got one thing left to concentrate on now. After a comfortable victory over Graham Cochran's Newport County, it was back to Burton Albion for Nigel Clough and several of the Stags players last night in the EFL Trophy, the third game of the group stage. And a victory for the Brewers meant that the Stags are out of the competition, much to many people's delight. And it means that it's only the league left to concentrate on. But as we head into or hurtle towards December, is that a blessing in disguise or with more players coming back could we have done with the extra games to keep players ticking over? Join in the discussion and have your say on your team as we look at time travel, faces of the past, grounds of the future. What will be, will be. Can Mansfield Town make this season one to remember as it's only Skybet League 2 they've got to focus on now? This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because win, lose or draw, Mansfield always matters. Get involved in the live feed and have your say now. Hey up, good evening, how are you all doing? Hope that you're doing uh, all right on this Wednesday evening. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us on the show for the fans, by the fans. Lots to talk about tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Uh, and joining me to discuss it all is Mr. Clive Parkin, a.k.a. The Travelling Man. How are you, mate? Help me, Duck. I'm all right, thank you very much. Jolly good. Now, obviously, at this time of year... Everyone's very, very busy, which is why there's just two of us on the show uh, tonight. Um, so I thought I could rattle through the podcast in probably less than a minute. So uh, be quick to get your comments in. We were good against Newport. We were bad against Burton. We're probably going to lose against Swindon and we might lose against Tranmere as well. Good night. Craig, you're talking out your bottom. Well, I suppose we better uh, discuss. We better spend 40 minutes delving into it then, hadn't we? Why not? Absolutely. As always, feel free to get involved in the uh, the, the the comments and uh, have your say on your team. Market Warsop FC have kicked us off uh, nicely tonight. And he's noticed an omission, Clive, from tonight's podcast. And that is the face of Cam Felton, who was due to be on the podcast, but 
about 10 minutes ago pulled out because he'd not had his dinner yet. Now, I think there's an ulterior motive for it. Uh, and uh, Market Wasp have seemed to hit the nail on the head by saying, thank goodness Cam is not on. After watching Cam do the Food Hub Challenge, I will not be listening to any of his opinion on football. It was a dreadful effort at the halftime of the Newport game. I don't know what was worse, Clive, that or Reese penalty. Uh, I, no, I'm going to. I'm a. I'll have a little faith in Reese Oates. I've no faith at all in Cam at the moment. He's never here, and uh, and the, what was it? Which football club is it? Church Warsaw. Market Warsaw. Market Warsaw football club. They got it spot on. He was hopeless. So, but there again, I dare say, if any of us had gone down, we'd have had the same dilemma. But you know, he was full of it when he went down there. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, showing off, giving it all the fist bumps, and that uh, rumor that he brought his boots, but the stewards denied him entry with them. So, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, one person who did have the the, the shooting boots on on uh, Saturday against Newport was that of Davis Keeler Dunn. Again, inspired performance by him. George Maris did uh, a superb job in in assisting him as well. But how refreshing is it to uh, have a player like Keeler Dunn, who is just at the moment picking over, doing what needs to be done it's just it's beautiful to watch at times and I think dropping him back to that number 10 role like we spoke about numerous times it's certainly uh, starting to put the uh, the stars in his eyes once again yeah that's the only place to play him I think we um, you know the lad's got talent and he needs space to work with and he needs people taking the pressure off him and I think it works quite well with having Barry and Oates in front um, but you know I think that He's a confidence player as well. I think he's got to be feeling good about his game to do the game justice. Yeah, and I think that the Barry and Oates thing as, as well is sort of bringing a little bit more out of him as well. You know, those those two as a partnership have really, you know, picked up where they, they left off. And I know Lucas Aikens got, you know, 90 minutes. Clough said he didn't really want him to get 90 minutes last night at Burton. But I uh, I think on, uh, on Saturday as we, we go to Swindon, I'd be very surprised to see the Barry Oates combination uh, shock up. No, I mean, what's the choices? It could uh, bring um, Aikens back in instead of Bowery, but I, Aikens has still got some work to do to get back to his phys their physical presence. He's a, understandably, he's a little bit reticent to getting too involved. Well, he's still mending, and his Phantom of the Opera look doesn't suit him. <laughs> no, it was very... Uh... Funny, and it becomes a target as well for for the players, don't we? We actually saw it. He was on the bench, wasn't he, against Newport? We saw him come on for a little bit, and within, I think, the space of ninety seconds, he, he took one to the face. He, he took a boot, yeah, yeah. yeah but he was going to have to come off. And you can see what's frightened of it. I mean, I don't, I don't blame him at all. But you know, you get a clonk against somewhere that's recently been fractured, and you've got a, a fairly flimsy mask there, and you get a thud of a boot on it. You're going to panic, aren't you? But thankfully. It would appear no no further damage was done, and bones do heal, but they just need a bit of time. I think is the the fortunate thing with Lucas Aikens is he's the type of player who's got experience in the game. He'll have had injuries and stuff before, so it won't phase him as much. But there must be some form of psychology as well that you know football's a, a short career in terms of the comparison against you know the the rest of your life and things you do after that. So. You know, protecting him is, is the, 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 the best thing to do. But there must have been some form of sort of mental thing in that when he came on. And I think actually, as much as Nigel Clough wouldn't have wanted him to play 90 minutes at Burton last night, actually playing full, uh, getting through a full 90 up against, you know, the likes of, of Ryan Sweeney, who we know is a, still a very good defender, is, is, is probably the best thing for him, actually, because it sort of ticks that box. It gets it out of that mindset and it actually goes, right, 
I've adapted to this situation now. I am gonna I am gonna rename Lucas Aikens Jim Carey because he is of course the mask, and uh, you know I think he will be able to to, to focus going forward now that little bit of that seed of doubt hasn't been allowed to grow because that was my worry when he when we sort of when I saw him come on I think he also emotionally wanted to play that game because it's his old stomping ground and uh, and there's an awful lot of affection for the lad there as well um they still got a, a big flag up there saying that he can play in any position and all so even though he's no longer their player there's a great deal of uh, warmth towards him yeah, absolutely. You saw the little the flags and uh, all of that stuff uh, over, you know, in, in the Bur- the Burton end, and lots of fans as I was walking in. We uh, were fortunate enough last night to uh, to be followed around the the stadium by Nigel Clough walking uh, Bobby, and he as we got round to the, the main stand, he stopped and had a chat with a few uh, Burton fans, and obviously was saying, "I'm oh, really looking forward to seeing you, seeing Quinny, seeing Lucas Aikens." You know, the measure of the man is very much that there for all to see. So that would have been a nice little thing for him. Uh, last night as well. Yeah, I don't think he's ever completely left Burton. I think emotionally he's uh, he's very much invested in that football club, and his reasons for leaving were were dead honest. You know, it, it, it happened because of COVID, and if he if they hadn't to relieve the club of his costs and his and his team, they may well have not finished the season. So, you know, you've got to hand it to him. Um, he didn't need the money as much as the club needed it at the time. Oh, their loss and our gain, I guess. And uh, but I think if he hangs his uh, managerial boots up after Mansfield, then I just have this vision of him going back to Burton in some form of co-owner or director or some some form of until uh, lo- lo- retirement role there. And I think it's just down the end of his garden anyway, so it's not like he's got far to get to work. That's true. Uh, that, one thing I want to put to you actually is is thinking about this. Obviously, Nigel Clough, as you mentioned there, has got a real affinity with Burton Albion. Two spells there and numerous years. He's sort of evolved in his in his life there. Do you think that there's a growing affinity? I know obviously there is an affinity with, with Mansfield, but do you think it, it's growing towards the level it grew for Burton? Because I can certainly see it with the the way that he interacts with the owners and the, the way he talks. I don't think he would have particularly had that at Derby or Sheffield United, but... I can feel that growing here. Yeah, I think Derby and Sheffield United you can rule out because they're these stays they were relatively short, or the quite quite a successful one at the Sheffield. But yes, after Burton, I think Mansfield now is 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 uh, the club closest to his heart. I think there are only two clubs other than Mansfield now that would figure in his mind, and one would be Nottingham Forest for obvious reasons. Mm. That's not likely to happen, and Burton because. To a certain extent, Burton's place now in the league is very much as a result of what he did when they were non-league. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of the fans spoke highly about him as well. Uh, let's go back to Mansfield Matters, because that's what we are, um, and keep your comments coming in. Um, Market Warthop adds, fair play to Oates. Uh, his shooting that ended up in the stands more often than not uh, actually hit a fan in the face in the warm-up. Reese came over and walked into the quarry lane and apologised to the chap uh, what the where who was hit in the face by the ball? I didn't actually see that, but that would have been playing on his mind as well. And Reece Oates is actually a confident, confidence player, and I, I had full confidence in him taking the penalty, Clive. I'm not going to lie, but as, because the length between the penalty being awarded and the penalty being taken was so long, he was stood so long, looking at the ball and looking at the the figure of Nick Townsend between the sticks, which is an imposing figure. It has to be said. 
I felt that gap was too long and I felt he got in his head a little bit and he had a little bit too much time to think it, uh, to think about it and uh, therefore didn't, I think he changed his mind and perhaps didn't get the result which he wanted to and it affected him from that point onwards in uh, in the first half. Got it back a little bit in the second but certainly first half he was, uh, the confidence had uh, been knocked. Uh, two things, I don't think he should have taken the penalty, we've got a better penalty taker in this in the squad than him. I think he was allowed to take it for all the reasons we understand. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was a penalty anyway. If it was, it was a soft penalty. And uh, So I think on balance, it's probably fair we didn't get a goal from it. Yeah, fair enough. And we didn't need it. You know, we, 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 the win was comfortable and comprehensive. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Thomas says, uh, looking ahead to January, do you think we need any additions or leave it as it is, providing we're not decimated by injuries? And we have no major outgoings. Now, I'm going to dissect that a little bit, Clive. And I think we should probably talk about the latter half of that question first. And I think no major outgoings. I don't think we'll see any major outgoings. Because I think when you say the word major, I think you're looking at the likes of George Maris, Lewis Reed, um, players of, of that sort of ilk, Davis Keeler-Dunn, who was, because they're hot property at the minute, they'll be more valuable and therefore clubs will be looking at them. But I do think we will have outgoings because I think we probably need to 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 put a few players out, mainly to 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 appease them and and be honest with them and send and say either like Paul has just mentioned in the comments, Gail are on loan, you need to develop, or you're at the stage of your career now where you're not featuring in my first team plans, Ala John Joe O'Toole and a few few others. You've still got a year or so left in you. Go and get as much out of the game as you can. Yeah, I mean, Gale was taken on as a prospect. So, to a certain extent, his best games are in front of him. And um, But the only thing is, we don't want to make the same mistake with him as we did with Sinclair, letting it drag on and on and on. Mm. I think uh, he needs to go and play regular football at uh, Tier 5 level now um, and carve out a bit of a career there and then come back to us. That would be my view. Um, which is different to Swan. Of course, Swan was signed on a decent contract and his form has deserted him. So the question was, do we sign anybody in January? I would have automatically said no recently because I think we've got two decent squads or two different decent teams making up our squad. But Swan's form does worry me because he's a bit like a headless chicken at the moment. Yeah. And uh, whilst Gale was equally ineffective in front of goal he was tracking well whereas Swan didn't make much of a contribution on uh, last night and, it, and he hasn't made much of a contribution since he's been playing back in, as first choice so uh, we we are exposed by over-reliance on uh, on the roadrunner and um, we know how injuries can hit him out of the blue so I do think we need another we need another striker. Yeah, I completely agree on the Will Swan thing. I think it transpired from Nigel Clough's uh, post-match interview that he was playing with a bit of an injury, um, picked up the day before, but he said he'd be OK. And then he felt it get worse and worse and worse before half-time. I think we actually said to each other, didn't we, uh, with, with about five minutes to go. Oh, he, looked, he looked pained, it, no question about it. looked that. pained. Um, so, obviously, there was a change made there. Um, but I'm also thinking about the way in, in which we're playing. Because, obviously, you know... Nigel Clough will argue, and probably John Radford will argue as well, that we've we've got enough in, in the squad by way of moving players about. But it goes back to when you do start moving players about, we we don't get as much out of them. I'm 
thinking in particular in the case of Davis Keeler Dunn, who when we've mentioned has played when we've when he's played further forward as an out and out striker, hasn't quite produced the goods that he can do because he has more of that freedom in that in that ten role. Um, so I, I actually do. Th- I would agree that you know Will Swan's form will come back at some point, but we have to hold our hands up and say it might not be this season. It might not. It might not be. Now we might have to sort of keep him ticking over and look look at the longer term picture with him. Um, I agree with what everyone's saying in the comments. Gail definitely does need a little bit of development because, like you said, Clive, he, he needs. We don't need to. We need to avoid what we did with Tyree Sinclair, Jason Law, Jack Thomas, so many others that I can mention from throughout the years. Younger players that we've not allowed to develop because we've wanted to keep them around. Same with George Cooper as well. I think he's a very good. Defender obviously scored the goal last night, he, but he came up against it and struggled a little bit against the likes of Cole Stockton and um, Mason Bennett, um, the, the front two for Burton last night. And uh, he's played some good games further down the pyramid, but he now needs to go to the National League where it'll be competitive, but where he'll get game time week in, week out and develop him rather than just keep him um, as a number. So to go back to the, to the question, do we need people in January? I think, yeah, we need an instinctive goal scorer. And I know people will say, well, you're just saying his name because he scored a goal last night and it's fresh in your memory. And all right, there's an element of that to it. But actually analysing it and thinking about the way he plays and the way we play. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Clive. But actually, I thought that I, I actually had a little thought that Cole Stockton would fit right into the way we're playing, playing off that uh, off that ten, trying to get in behind the defenders. And if we can get balls through like they got last night, when he's clean through on goal, he's got a bit of pace. Is the Reese Oates and Will Swan figure that have got pace but can also score goals, as he's done previously with Morecambe. It's, a, it's an enormous presence as well. Um, and it, going back to uh, um, Cooper having to deal with him, there's not going to be many players like him that Cooper will have to deal with. Um, Burton are a good side in, in terms of what they have as available to them. And they've put out a fairly strong side last night, so I draw no uh, pain at all from them exiting that competition there last night um but they um but stockton yeah i mean it seems to me uh, really just about pound shillings and pence that he left morgan because he was a proven goal scorer there over a couple of seasons and i can only imagine that as they lost their was they got relegated their budgets got constrained and they had no choice but to let some of their higher earners go and i'm guessing he would have been one of their higher earners um, and of course, Burton have picked him up with no transfer fee and presumably paying him a decent wage. So yes, I think he would fit in. I think he's the sort of player that we we could make better use of. Uh, whether we're going to get him, <laughs> it's doubtful. Although he is in the uh, he is in the training pool at uh, Burton, which we we tend to fish That's in. The, you know, isn't it the fact that he's a Burton player? <laughs> yeah, any of them were available last night <laughs> if Nigel goes hunting. But uh, I mean, we need to get rid of uh, JJ. Uh, because that will put money back in the in the coffers. Unfortunately, I don't know who's going to take him on on the salary. I'm guessing that he's on. Yeah, and it, you know it, he did very very well in negotiating. His agent would have done in negotiating a really good contract with us after he starred for us in the season when he came in on on a on a touch basis. Um, he was a player of the season for the short time he was there. Since he signed the contract, he's either not played because his form has been awful or he's not played because he's been injured. And when he came on yesterday, did he start yesterday? He came on, didn't he? Yeah, came on, yeah. 
Did he? Did he ever touch the ball? Yeah, he made. He made. He touched it once. He made one superb run. Now, yeah, he, he had a bit of a nosebleed yesterday. He had a bit of a throwback. He had. A, he, in fact, he travelled back in time yesterday because he got thrown on as a ten where he used to play for Northampton when he had the long hair rather than as a as a centre half. I mean, at that point, we were all over the. We just had bodies up there, didn't we? Our four- yeah, I mean, if he'd have stood near the front, you'd have been. I know. Have been Our there. forward three in the last ten minutes was. You know, Lucas Aikens, Aidan Flint, and uh, and John Joe Tool, and poor Jordan Bowery, who'd been brought on five minutes before to play up front, got ragged to right back. <laughs> yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him because he actually he was our best option, I thought, up front yesterday. But anyway, it was a competition too far, and we're out of it now. So we've got an undiluted focus on the league now, which is where we should be as we're going into December. Yeah. In my humble opinion, indeed. Uh, let's go back to the the question over uh, the the transfers and things like that, and uh, delve into some of your guys' comments. Please do keep them coming in and uh, have your say on uh, your team. Um, I think we need another proper holding midfielder. Unbelievable how good Reed is. Uh, how good Reed is. The team is built around him. I think, but Maris can sit in there, but think he's better going forward and slipping the ball into Oates and DKD. Swanee is a product of one of our grassroots teams, so we can't have a bad word said about Swanee. I agree with that as well, to a degree. I think I know somebody else is underneath has put. I think Dave has put Dave Edwards. David Edwards has put. I'd put Swan uh, on the transfer list and bring a striker in. Gale needs football. I agree to an extent why people would say put Swan on the transfer list, but again, there's two, there's a couple of things that, that I have to sort of remind myself really when I'm thinking about this, and that is the fact that um, first and foremost, when Will Swan was hitting form for us last season, we were playing with one up front, which was him. We're now playing with uh, you know almost a forward three at times, completely different system, completely different way of playing. Uh, and two, he carried an injury in pre-season, and for whatever reason, just hasn't managed to get that cycle back and play catch up yet. We've invested in this player and he's a tremendous, tremendous talent. And like I was saying, it might be the case of actually, if he's not, if he's not featuring and, and if we've got enough players to, to cope without him not being there, which we certainly have at the moment, of actually getting him some football outs, out elsewhere at the division below. And then he hits the ground running again next season because we've invested in a long-term contract. If we were to sell Will Swan based on him right now and what he's done so far to career in date, it would be a mere drop in the ocean in terms of a comparison of what we'd get for him in a year's time when he's had regular football under his belt again when he's started hitting form. Because it would be put it would be poor business to sell him now. Yeah. Hundred percent it would. Yeah, absolutely. Uh on the subject of oats, um Clough isn't going to drop oats for his work rate and raw speed. He'll never drop Aikens for all of his round hold up play. Any striker we brought in would just sit on the bench and waste sole wages uh, we could use elsewhere. As Clough says, he'd rather have us have goals from all over than rely on one big hitter like a Cook or Johnson. Uh, and as for JJ, uh, he'll be on a small fortune, says Market Walsh FC, uh, for this level. As Clive said, he's had us by the you-know-whats because he was class for us and his contract was like uh, was was on. And the likes of Donny and others outsiders we're offering big. JJ won't even make the bench with this squad. Um, and Greg asks, thoughts on Boateng, you two? I thought he had a brilliant end to last season, but at the moment I find him so... I just find him frustrating to watch for many reasons. Doesn't seem to have carried his form into last season a lot like Swan. Um, 
I'd rather play this Biro than uh, here on Boating at the moment. Um, I agree with everything Greg said there. Again, look, I, I say it tongue-in-cheek because we like to have a little bit of, um, you know, a laugh on the podcast and things like that. And I'd never really lay into a, a player for massive poor form. But I think you have to hold your hands up and admit that the Hiram Boateng we first saw when he arrived and the flash which we saw at the back end of last season is not there. He doesn't fit the system at the minute. We've got so many players that are ahead of him in terms of, of, of ranking. I just think he'd be on a high wage and I just don't think that he we need him. I, I just don't see a, a slot for him and it's one of those things where we've got a tremendous talent, but it doesn't work out. We've, we've got better in the squad now. And when we first brought him, we didn't have the talent of Lewis Reed, Aaron Lewis, etc. either. Well, we're not short of left footers, are we? That's the thing. And that's all he is, is a silky left foot. I have to say, I've, I've nearly run out of patience with the lad. I'm not quick to condemn. And, you know, I'm one of those people that never got involved in condemning our friend Lucas Aikens when many around us would do. And Greg, you'll remember that. People were slagging him off. And he's come good. Now, I just don't think Boateng is going to come good. That's my fear. Yeah. Uh, and I think he, you're right. He's a square peg in a round hole at the club at the moment. Mm. And Greg's just, add, just added, would we rather have Hartigan than Boateng? Yes. Because, and we've and don't forget, I think we've we've got Hartigan on a longer contract as well. I don't, I don't think it runs out at the end of this season. So I think we've got him until the end of next, maybe. I might be, I'm probably wrong with it. Um, is he still our player? Yes, he's on loan at... Uh, Barnet, isn't he? I thought we'd sold him. Yeah. Again, I, I, Hartigan's a tremendous talent. He was another one that got unlucky with injuries. And then we brought in the likes of Louis, Lewis Reed and stuff. But what we've done with Hartigan is allowed him to go out and play play football. And I have to say, I've, I've not kept an eye on, on what he's doing. I've got no idea if he's... Well, he's getting a regular place at, at uh, Barnet, which is good. Uh, yeah, like I said, I've got no idea whether he has or, or hasn't. Um, but that means if he's playing regularly, that means he'll be developing. And... Uh, would I re would I recall him in January and uh, ship Hiram Boateng out without a shadow of a doubt? And you just shake Boateng's hand, Boateng's hand, and say, um, you know, very best wishes. And like Market Warsup says, he'd cover Reed if injured, and he scored a few goals as well. And as you say, Clive, on numerous occasions, we're so poor at set pieces. And what is Anthony Hartigan? Specialist, free kicker. There you go. I have to say that that you know, joking aside, the quality of our crosses and and uh, uh, and set plays have been awful. Uh, the odd bright spark where you know we've got a couple of goals from set pieces at knots, but actually it's it's dreadful compared to the rest of the form the team's showing. So we could do with somebody who could chip a ball in and be a bit more creative than what we've been. I mean, the number of times lately when we've got into a crossing position and crossed it into the field behind the ground, you know, it's just crazy. Anyway, that's as they said. As they said once at the Labour Party conference, things can only get better. Yeah. Who was it that sung that? Dream. Uh, Dream, and that's what we can do. Dream or dream uh, of better crosses and set pieces. Nigel Clough uh, said, you know, said it didn't he last night? He said, look, we we throw Flint up there for the last fifteen minutes or so. We we get the height in there, but then we just can't get a ball in in the box. He said it all. You know, we had a free kick from the left, which Callum McDonald slipped over on his ass. And then uh, the right-hand side, which Aaron Lewis put... Well, he hit it so hard, I think it ended up back in Mansfield. Yes. <laughs> it, it was weird. But, you know, if that had been a league game, we'd have been less 
jocular about it. It was in the context of things. It didn't really matter a great deal, I don't think. But um, the only good thing that came out of yesterday is we didn't have any obviously bad injuries. Um, there'll be knocks and bruises as always are in after games. And some of the players who haven't been playing much got a bit of a turnout. Um, but I mean, the, the fact is that we were playing a, a League One side, playing a League Two side. It was uh, um, a relatively dry night. The conditions were great for football in that respect. A bit cold for spectators. 800 people there. Yeah. Of which about 350 from Mansfield. I mean, that just sums up the general value attached to this competition by fans. Yeah. So I think they need to have a real rethink about this because uh, it was never a super competition when it was a nice, nice, simple knockout. But now they've started putting in catering clubs and things in there to, to compete against. I just think it's time we concentrate on things that really matter. Your argument is sound that we make money out of it, but you know, you get ten thousand pounds gate money, uh, you get ten thousand pounds appearance money from the sponsors, which I don't think they're now getting. By the if way. The um, and you and when a player breaks his leg, it's more than lost. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Do you know? I you know I say it year upon year. I value the the competition because it's it's a winnable one for us and it gives us a little bit of glory. But the state it's in at the minute, it is stale. The groups. Who won it last year? Against who? No idea. Against no. Well, there. Uh, but also, also, you know, no Rotherham, wasn't it? No, no, they know. won it the year before, didn't they? Um. Anyway, um, I just think it needs—it does need to go back to the knockout stages. It needs to be regionalised knockout stages um, from stage one. Get rid of the group stage, and then it is—it is what it is. And just don't. And I would also say that the competition shouldn't start until probably October, November time, because there's too many games in August time anyway. Well, they see they can't do that because the FA Cup clicks in in first week in November, doesn't it? And that's that's more important of the competitions. Yeah. So you either do it as a pre-season warm-up, like, you know, that, which is one option, or you, you slide it in early doors. I mean, the League Cup has always been an early doors competition, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, always the third game of the season, you'll play or second or third game, you'll play in a League Cup game. Yeah. And uh, this is on top of that. So there's too much happening. Very- I'd, I'd rather see them develop a good reserve league. Yeah, more a more competitive reserve league would uh, certainly uh, certainly suit. Uh, still plenty to talk about. You know, we said that this podcast would take less than a minute today. Well, so far we've been on for thirty-two minutes as of now. Uh, so we will uh, take a quick break, then we'll come back and we'll talk about focusing purely on the league and look ahead to our next two league fixtures as we travel to Swindon and welcome Tranmere to One Call Stadium on Tuesday night before a nice little break because we're rubbish and couldn't get through in the FA Cup. Don't go anywhere. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX 10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's eufy.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all in one robot vacuum for only $799. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're with the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Welcome back to this week's show as we talk all about time travel. And it's named time travel because I couldn't be bothered to think of any other title. And uh, Doctor Who anniversaries on this weekend. And uh, that's it. just two and two together in it. Fitted quite nicely. What a title, eh? Uh, I can tell you one thing that is for, for certain, though, Clive, and that is the fact that it is now only the league to focus on, like we were saying. Uh, defeat at Burton last night uh, sees us out of the, uh, the all of court, court competitions now. Um, and we did get through it relatively uns, unscathed. Uh, only potential injuries to uh, James Gale and obviously Will Swan. Uh, but other than that, you know, we, we got Stephen Quinn back on the pitch for 65, 70-odd minutes. John Joe O'Toole got 15 minutes or so, even though he won't, you know, feature, I, I don't think, too much for us uh, in the league. And obviously, Lucas Aiken's got a welcome 90 minutes um, as well. We've got a few central league games, as I understand, coming up um, as well to keep players like that ticking over. But other than the two injuries to, to Gale and Swan, I don't think it'll affect us too much anyway, because Jordan Bowery's obviously gone up there, done a good job with Callum Johnson backing at right back. Um, you know, Reese Oates is back. Lucas Aikens is in there. Davies Keeler Dunn can can go in there. And also, you know, if you need to sort of uh, push extra bodies in there, you've got Makil Abdullah who's sniffing around for an opportunity as well. So it's it's not like it's done us any real damage last night. I'd have preferred to have seen some of the youngsters playing last night, if I'm being honest. Uh, but that's because, you know, I'd approach the game with a it doesn't really matter if we don't win it attitude. Whereas I think Clough generally wanted to win the game last night. But we were beaten. We were beaten at the end by a team that were better than we were. But only in the second half, it's fair to say. I mean, we put five and five subs on, did we, in the second half? Yeah. And it changed the shape of our team and, and they weren't as co- cohesive as they had been in the first half. But, you know, the score doesn't lie. I think it's fair enough. Let, let them go on and do battle further up the road and I wish them well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of keeping those players uh, ticking over in, in terms of Central League fixtures, um, we've got, according to the club website, it probably will be wrong in terms of uh, how frequently those games change. Um, so, oh, I think this one says uh, postponed anyway, but I think they were due to play Huddersfield on uh, the 6th of December at the RH Academy. And then there's a Central League Cup game as well at uh, the RH, scheduled for the RH against Lincoln um, on uh, the 19th of uh, December. And also, you know, with the, the connections which the club have got and Nigel Clough's got, it's not going to be too difficult to uh, to, to find a friendly or three, is it? No, I suppose that's the option, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm a bit surprised of not doing something on the dead uh, second round weekend because we, it would have been nice to pick up the uh, the Forest Green fixture. But of course, they're still in the competition, aren't they? So, uh, that, but having said all that, I, I think a, a blank weekend will do the club no harm at all. I think some of the players just need a little bit of relaxation time, a bit of recovery time. Um, and I don't like the idea of putting on a behind closed doors game just for the sake of it. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, Nigel Clough is synonymous as well with uh, when he was managing the championship clubs, when it was in the international break, either sending them all off on a little jolly together or just giving them time off to be with the, the, the family. And I think that's, that's important because if you look at the Christmas run, you need to be in the right frame of mind 
for it and we need to continue the, the momentum you know we've now only got the league to, to focus on we know that it's going to be a hard division and um, exactly what we uh, what we said before in terms of um, focus and in terms of how difficult the, the league is this season Clough mentioned it in his post-match didn't he on, on Saturday it's all about keeping momentum and, and going as strongly as uh, you can because if one team slips up there's three or four there sniffing around you to take advantage even at this early stage of uh, the season. Yeah, there's no room for complacency. Even Stockport, who are cantering along at the moment, but I, th I think they will be saying to themselves, "All right, we've had a great run of wins, but things th these things don't go on forever." And they'll remember that they have been beaten three times this season, unlike Mansfield Town, who have not been beaten at all in the league. Um, but what they've done is when they haven't when they haven't lost, they've won. Whereas we've got eight uh, draws in our top draw. And, and I really hope at the end of the season, it's not those that's going to stop us getting what I hope, would hope is a justifiable promotion. Yeah, I'd have to have to agree. You know, we're going so well at the minute. Um, we've just got to be, we've got to be prepared because I think a defeat will come at some point in the league. We're going to lose at some point. It's, it's, it's absolutely certain we're going to lose. I hope it's not on uh, Saturday at Swindon. I think Swindon's form so up and down. And generally speaking, we've been doing well. We ought to go there confident enough to win. And a result same as we had there last year will be fine. Yeah, absolutely, it would. Uh, you know, taking a draw there, whatever, would uh, it just keeps the unbeaten run going? If you can draw the away games, win a home, win a home games. You, you... Perversely, I think we're finding it easier to win away. Yeah, yeah. So they're set up differently, aren't they? Because I'm not going. They're, they're like, well, yeah, it's definitely noted. Now you see, there's the thing is as well, right? You know me and superstition. I've worn a woolly hat. Four games this season. I know it stinks. Do you know which which games they were? The ones we yes. lost. Port Vale, Wrexham, Everton under twenty ones, and Burton last night. Uh, so I've burnt it. We've not played Port Vale this season. Oh, you mean in the in the uh, yeah. what's it trophy? Yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, get, can't you find a suitable bonfire and put it on? I've, it? Say, I've already burnt it. I've done it. Oh, have you done it already? I, when I uh, cooked the the tea, cooked tea earlier tonight with the chicken, I uh, I put it in the oven. I put the, the woolly hat on the uh, on the chicken. So, so you're having chi chicken and hat? I, you, I had chicken and hat for my dinner. It was tasty, but there was a lot of fluff. We're talking nonsense. We are. We? Yeah, I've gone deluded. Um, <laughs> I think you do know. Do you know what? With that bearing in mind, I think I need to go even more deluded and do this. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Right, you know what time it is. It's podcast predictions time. Two games to look forward to. Swindon and Tranmere. A um, little bit of podcast predictions table news. We'll do the full reveal for November next week on next week's show. But currently sitting top of the tree is Steve Naden on 68 points. Clive is sitting top of the Mansfield Matters tree on 53 points. And also was top of the, uh, the league last week after... Uh, being the, the best guesser 
of the uh, game against Newport. Almost getting it spot on, very nearly. So near yet so far. With that in mind, let's go for Swindon first, please, Clive. Two, two, one to the Stags. Aiden Flint. Excellent. I am going to go for a 3-1 win. And I am going to go for George Maris as my man of the, as, um, as my man of the match. And then for Tranmere, I will go for a 5-1 win with Christy Pym as man of the match. What about you? <laughs> why is he playing a striker? I don't know. I just, I'm just going. I just, yeah. Don't know why. You've gone mad. Yeah. I've forgotten we're playing time, is it? Oh, yeah. So I'm choosing out. Yeah, seven forty-five. All right. Okay. One nil win. Yeah. DKD. <laughs> Thank you very much. As always, if you want to play along with podcast predictions. <laughs> You can do so via the link in the description. A reminder that you must submit your guesses no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff in those respective games. And anybody that's going to Swindon, I'll see you down there, lads. Absolutely, you will. Um, it'll be an interesting game, but yes, please do play along with podcast predictions. And we will reveal the results of the game and who is doing what, who's top of the table, and some festive specials a festive feast of winning points as we hurtle towards christmas in december on next week's show that is called a tease Now, talking of Swindon, before we uh, wrap up for, for the night, obviously, uh, at the moment, they are in poor form. Um, 11th in the table, uh, two wins from the last 10 and no wins in their last six. But, as Nigel Clough sort of alluded to, don't look too much into that because they are still a good side. They've still got goals. Charlie Austin, for example, uh, for, for one, he's... Uh, does know where the back of the net is and we can't afford to be over complacent Clive we've got to go there and get the job done and it's not been a happy hunting ground for us over the years or we've done better in previous years but we're overdue we did well last year we just need to uh, we just need to uh, go there the irony last year with the hammers at home and we beat them comfortably at there yeah but... yeah absolutely and there was a certain Mr Reed knocked us about yes it? he did uh, obviously he's going back to his former stomping ground uh, as well um, it's just one of those where we can't afford to look at the stats and go well they've not won in six games um and when you look at a a, a number of uh one six drawn six lost six 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 is that the devil waiting to happen i think my point earlier is that they're a bit like stags have been in recent years upsy downsy and i think that's it they started like a train and they finished like a donkey or oh, they're running like a donkey at the moment but yeah nigel's right that doesn't mean a thing on the day they can beat anybody on the day we can beat everybody. So I think, I still think we are favourites because of current form. Uh, but fate has its way of buggering that up, doesn't it? Certainly does. And then Tramir on Tuesday night as well, 22nd at the moment, four wins. I'm really surprised they're doing so badly. Yeah, they're uh, 12 defeats, as I say, this season. Conceded 30 goals, only 14 points, one win in their last six, but unbeaten in two. 
they'll be a tough side to, to take on, but they're not having the greatest of seasons, are they, at the minute? Well, they're not scoring many goals. I think that's the problem. So uh, that's why I've gone for a modest win because I think they'll they'll um, they'll set up well against us, and uh, you know uh, I'll, I'll stand I'll I'll uh, gladly accept a one 0 scruffy win again. Yeah, I'll do uh, any uh, any wins a win. Greg says three 0 win Boateng hat trick. <laughs> Silly <And> sod. <laughs> I'll have a pint of what Greg's drinking. Yeah. I mean, on that note, I think that is one delusion a little bit too far for me tonight, Clive. So I'm, I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna do this. Yes, you've done it. You've sent me, mad. I'm calling. To, I'm calling time on tonight's show. Uh, thank you so much for watching and for listening and getting involved with the show tonight. Uh, really do appreciate it as always. My thanks to, to Clive for joining us. My thanks to you guys at home for joining us as well. We will be back next week as we look back on that Swindon game and that Tranmere game as well. Make sure you follow us on social media to find out when we're next going to be live. Make sure you get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. And if you're walking around Mansfield, in the vicinity of the One Core Stadium in particular, just be careful of flying footballs because rumour has it the shot that Cam hit at half-time in the Food Hub Challenge is still looming in the air somewhere. So take care out there, folks. I'm sure if he could turn back time, he would not take part. And trust me when I say this, Cam, I will not let this lie and I will rib into you when you're next on the podcast. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Come on, you stags, on Saturday, and let's keep the unbeaten run going. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.